Hello and welcome to The Villain, a podcast of news and opinion for all things Aston Villa. I'm Josh Henwood and with me today is the current ever-present Tom Crowder and, for the first time and all the way from Taiwan, Johnny Shi. How are we doing, guys? Very well. Yeah, very well, thanks. It's really good to be finally chatting on the podcast. Definitely. I mean, we've been talking you up for the last two weeks, so it's uh, good to finally have you for a bit of pre-season training before it all kicks off. Yeah, no, I feel like a sense of... Well, I'm just a bit nervous, actually, coming in. You know, I feel like it's like my debut. You know, I probably feel like Wesley coming in for his first Prem game. <laughs> Definitely. And have you actually met any Villa fans over there, Shay? Uh, during the player final, I went to I went to a bar and there was like a group of five or six. Three of them were from Birmingham, from Oldbury Way. So, oh, wow. you know, that yeah, they, they're from Oldbury Way. I would have thought they would have supported Baggies. But, um, and they're Taiwanese friends who have kind of just adopted Aston Villa as their Premier League team because overall it's not really the Prem isn't really that popular people more into into like NBA and um and baseball yeah uh, so yeah it's good chatting to them and they're all very knowledgeable you know so uh they must have endorsed football quite heavily <laughs> well there isn't a Lions club over there yet so uh maybe we could see one soon you and these three chaps and maybe some more in the future as well mate Taipei Lions could be a thing be Let's great. make it happen. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, excellent. Right. So today we'll go over the Villa news from the past two weeks. There's been quite a bit of it. And then on to our final pre-season podcast before the main season starts. Today we'll be doing some pre-season predictions. Uh, the transfer market also still has a week's worth of life in it. So we'll grade what we think Dean Smith's transfer business has been like and also a couple of wishes maybe that you guys have for the rest of the window and we'll have some over-unders and some friendly wages as well so it should be quite a fun podcast today i think all of them have been fun so far actually but uh you know this one we get to you know be a bit wishful with it glorious yeah, definitely before we get into it i just want to thank those that have listened to the first couple of podcasts we've actually got some subscribers and yeah we're now on spotify and apple so if you do want to listen to more of us and be told when our next podcasts are just click follow or subscribe on spotify or apple and we'll also make sure that these are set up on youtube as well so Fantastic. yeah let's get into it the news there's been quite a bit of transfer news lads i don't know if you're aware but uh, we've signed a couple of players in the last two weeks <laughs> uh I couldn't tell. I couldn't really tell from Villa's Facebook page, actually. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's all been quite quiet on there, really, hasn't it? First of all, Douglas Louise, 15 million from Man City, just pending the work permit, but Villa seem very confident that's going to go through. Defensive midfielder, who's actually been on loan to Girona for the uh, past, I think it's a season, might be two. But um, basically, ever since he's gone to Man City, he's not been able to play for Man City. So he's played for Girona instead, much to Pep Guardiola's chagrin. Mm. And also Trezeguet, who I believe Johnny was referring to with the Facebook hype, signed from, and I'm going to try and get this right a second time, Kushin Pasha the Turkish club for £11 million plus add-ons, who is quite possibly our highest profile signing. And that's just because of the absolute influx of fans that you've seen come through to the Villa page ever since he's signed. And the constant pressure on those pages for them to, to keep putting on pictures of Trezeguet, which has been <laughs> a little mad. What do you guys think, Louise and Trezeguet? Needed? Do you reckon they'll go straight into the first team? What do you guys think? 
Um, I think, to be honest, I think we needed competition because if you start, we were very threadbare anyway. So regardless if they're in your starting eleven, I think we need that competition for places anyway. I think Trezeguet, it's one of those, isn't it? You can see him at his best on YouTube, etc. But you've got to be able to work back, etc. So El Ghazi uh, on one side, Trezeguet on the other. I think it looks good. That does, yeah, it does look good. Uh, I think out of the two signings, I'm actually more excited excited about Douglas Luiz because I think Man City only have regrettably let put him out on loan because they can't guarantee him playing time, um, which fulfills his work permit requirements. So they were actually quite apprehensive to let him go. So based on sort of uh, Man City's like robust sort of statistics-based uh, recruitment policies, like he should be something special. And given the game time, you know, if he gets bedded into the system, based on what I've seen, he looks like a physical specimen and also he can really play out from the back. So he would be that link from like linking the defence and the attack and just, and he looks like he's got this incredible quality about him. Yeah, um, on Douglas Louise, so when we were first linked with him, I think about three weeks ago, there was an influx of stats and praise for his work in Girona, the press conference with Pep Guardiola after Douglas Lewis was denied the work permit, of which you could tell that he was physically rattled. You know, not it, it wasn't just frustration, he looked actually rattled by it. You can tell that we've got someone that is thought of in very high regard. But the uh, that there, there is a question surrounding the buyback clause. There is a buyback clause apparently in Douglas Louise's sale to us. Hearing all sorts of different rumours, one that it starts at 25 mil and that it escalates year on year, one saying it's much bigger than that, it's at 40 mil. I think that there is a worry that it's a bit like Angelino's clause from PSV, where it basically climbed by about half a mil. You know, if, if this ended up being almost like a glorified loan, but we get 10 mil out the deal in a year's time, we stay up. Would that be considered good business to you guys? Regarding the buyback clause, I'd like to know how that can be reconciled with the work permit because I don't think he would, he's the quality of Man City's starting eleven. There's nothing in it about playing time. It's all to do to to get a work permit to start off with. You need to fulfil a certain number of points. One is in regards to transfer fees. One is playing for a big club. One is for representing your country at any level, under 23s, um, full internationals, etc. And there's a thing about wages as well. So transfer fee and wages are the main ones. Man City mm. couldn't promise Douglas Louise like top twenty five percent of wages, and the transfer fee is not top twenty five percent of uh, Premier League transfers that season. So he loses on those two immediately. And they couldn't make the the empathetic, but he'll be a big part of our plans thing anyway. But that's not actually in the points process. See. So I mean, yeah, it's mostly about wages. Taking that into account, I think it's a good recruit because. If he stays at Villa for the next two years, I think that's ample time to find an adequate replacement should he be sold back. It would be a shame to let him go if he is a very, very effective signing. But our goal is to stay up over the next two or three seasons. And uh, I think, essentially, it wouldn't be the end of the world if he, he had to leave. I think it's one of those, isn't it? We're really good players. 
um, you are going to have to have a buy back. There's a similar thing with Adama Traore, though, so I don't think you know these players always go on. It's just an insurance scheme, isn't it, for the for Man City, Barcelona, those kind of clubs. Um, but again, we're looking long term, um, but equally you've got to look for the next season. If we stay up, then that's all we need to do, really. And if he helps us to do that, and he turns to be up very good and we make money off it, you know, I don't think we can lose on that front, really. So, yeah, I'm happy with it. No problem at all. Yeah, I, th- I think that if we're being brutally honest, the goal is to stay up this season no matter what and to make sure that we're not facing the same issues that we've had the last three years. We have to be a bit a bit more utilitarian in the way in which we do our transfer business, then that's fine. Yeah. You know, if he comes in, does a job, even if it's for a year and we still get 10 million out of the deal, you know, if we're still profiting 10 mil and staying up, then we'll find another central midfielder next season. And we'll probably do so with a bit more gusto as well, because of the fact that we'll have that security behind us as well. Yeah, exactly. I think the long-term financial reward of staying in the Premier League by far outweighs 10 million, you know, for Douglas Ruiz. <laughs> so uh, I feel like if he can help us stay up, it's good business. Yeah. I think as well, is if you go back maybe, I don't know, probably eight, ten years ago, Villa on a par of Everton and Tottenham. And what they've done, both of them, probably Tottenham more so, although they've got London well to help them, is that they've just sort of gradually got good players in and built over a number of years until they've got where they need to do. So I think Villa needs to learn lessons from that as well. Yeah, I agree with that. True. Yeah. What what about Trezeguet? Any any main opinions on him? The profile alone is uh, quite big, but what about playing? Do you reckon that he'll break into the uh, first team on a regular basis? And I think he will break into the first team. I don't know how much quality we've got out there. Andre Green, he's one of those, isn't he? We spoke about it last week, I think, that you really are winning him on. But I just see someone on Facebook who thought he couldn't cross the road, and actually you do, you, you do start to uh, question it. So I don't think we've got that much quality in the wide areas. Um, so I do think he'll, he'll be really, really good alongside El Ghazi. Well, not alongside, but on the opposite wing. And then obviously you've got the commercial point of view, you know, being able to drive a little bit more revenue because that's the game these days, isn't it? If you look, nobody likes it. I, I, I Well, obviously, but you've got to stop dancing with the devil. You've got to start sort of trying to sell shirts um, to wider audiences as well. And I think that that area that we've lacked in in the last 10 years, social media, we were quite late to the party, and that used to be quite boring. There used to be other social media sites like Southampton that would have quite funny videos. I think Villa were quite late to that party. Yeah. We've caught up now, um, but now it's it's about sort of, you know, if you can get players with big social media followings, etc. Um, and then obviously that means more shirt sales, that means more revenue, and then you can eventually obviously buy buy better players as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think you definitely right on the social media point of view. We were very late to that part. I think that we were riding our our name for quite a while. And it's also yeah. very, very difficult to sell a, a lame duck. You know, when mm. when that tide was turning, our game was turgid. You know, it was during the Lambert years. We were dying. It's very, very difficult to yeah. sell that kind of football through social media because anything that they ever did, it would be a case of why are you even trying? You know, poor social media team. They're having to try and make this sound good. But yeah, this this to me is a statement of intent from a commercial point of view. I think that 
having a commercial outpost in Egypt is a very savvy move, especially considering that one of the owners is from Egypt as well. I think it's good to have a African base of sorts. Also, Egypt is football mad. I mean, look at Mohamed Salah. Apparently, he is on practically every single billboard in Egypt. He's that big. And from what I'm being told on Twitter, you know, Trezeguet has the potential to be, you know, the number two role to Salah, if not eventually supersede him, depending on how his career goes. You know, he has that potential. So to have someone like that in a Villa shirt, I mean, he's got almost 3.7 million Instagram followers. You know, just throw the Villa badge on his feed every now and then. And that's three and a half million people seeing the Villa badge, you know. So I think that from that (laughs) point of view, that's excellent. And also, I do think that he is a good signing. I actually think he will start. I think that he and El Ghazi will start. And um, that they'll find some form of role for Hutter. Because I think he has had a good preseason, Hotter, as I just don't know if he is going to be able to get one of the wing roles, but he could end up forming part of a midfield in some shape or form. We'll find out in a couple of weeks, I suppose. Yeah, Louise and Trezeguet both exercise. I think they'll both start. You know, I I I just love from a from a profile perspective that we now have two Brazilians and also the number two Egyptian player who was brought over quite a lot of fandom. I uh, think that we need to sort out the fandom in some respect because we uh, we run the risk of being a Trezeguet fan page, but I that that can be uh, that 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 can be <laughs> done in a savvy way. You know, just create an Egyptian page or something like that where we just have more pictures of him or something like that. You know, Everton, uh, when Everton signed Cenk Tosun, there was a flurry of Facebook likes from uh, Turkish fans to the extent where Everton had to set up a new Facebook page for just in, in Turkish. So Everton, you see where Everton are now. They're commercially savvy. Uh, Cenk Tosun hasn't really made an impact there. But the, in the in the long term, they've still had so much engagement. So uh, it's probably still a win for them. Uh, in terms of Trezeguet, I think this is really savvy move from top down for like it shows a real synergy between you know ownership director of football and from and a manage and from a managerial managerial perspective because we look short in wide areas and he looks a real real powerful player very direct a lot of pace and if we want to get the ball out wide he looks like he's got the quality to get some decent balls into the box for uh, for Wesley it's very common that if, if you go to Spain, France, Germany, Italy, um, well, the Italians not so much, but a lot of clubs have sort of like, you know, a, a Twitter feed in Spanish and then a Twitter feed yeah. in English and then um, Twitter feeds in, in all sorts of languages as well. So I think Villa need to get with that a little bit as well. And because uh, I can see it, otherwise it's going to become, you know, a little bit annoying for your average Villa fan in England. Well, it already sort of, has, hasn't like, it? You know, post dominators. Yeah. If Villa lose sort of like, you know, 2 3 nil, and then we've, we're sort of having inundated with, oh, Trezeguet didn't play, etc., and sort of see it turning a little bit sour. Um, so I think Villa need to get with that. Yeah, I, I did put on the Twitter feed yesterday, actually, that um, that Hassan should run a Villa Arabic page. I, I, I think that would just be an excellent way of doing it. I mean, he, he did put out a, a Arabic lineup for the preseason. I'm like, this is exactly the sort of thing that. Villa Twitter needs to be doing and Villa Facebook 
you know, it'd yeah. be so easy to set up and would probably give him the uh, the job of his dreams, really, I, I imagine. Yeah. You know, let's uh, yeah. get it done, true. guys. Come on. Not that difficult. Right, so <laughs> I'm going to ask you two questions. First of all, what grade would you currently give our transfer business and why? And then number two, who else do you want to see come in? I'll just do it around the horn. So I'll start off with you, Tom. Um, I give it a B plus. Um, I think a lot of key positions have been done. I think we've almost got enough now. Obviously, we've spent loads of money, so you can't argue with that. I think a couple of players have probably paid slightly too much, so that's why I'm not giving it an A. But I think if we get Neil pay in, he's the big one for me. Um, I think Wesley, I think he was injured yesterday as well, so it's a little bit of a, a warning shot that we can't just rely on him as well, because if he gets injured, I don't know what we're going to do. So I think we've got to have another striker. And as harsh as it sounds, I'm not convinced that, uh, that Steer's going to keep us up, you know, sort of be able to nail that position in the Premier League long term either. So it's, it's seeing, we spoke about Trap last week. I'd like to see probably Heaton from Burnley, someone like that. If we can get those two players in, I'll give it an A. Yeah, I'd also say B. I'd still argue that we're short out wide, even if we have Trezeguet and I mean, that, that, That's a tough call. Especially if Codger can also play on the as well. Potter. There's news today that he should be on the way to West Brom at Jalbion because he's not he's not in Dean Smith's plans. Oh, that hurts. And yeah, it hurts. It hurts. Not to them as well. But is is he Premier League quality? Uh, that's that's the question there. In what in wide areas is he Premier League quality? So you'd like to see an- another winger? Another winger, I'd say. Obviously, the the question of goalkeeper, I'd say Butland or Heaton would be ideal. Uh, I'm not, you know, going too far fetched there. I think that's essentially who we're targeting. And in honesty, another CDM because Douglas Louise is currently our only out and out CDM at the club. Well, Hurrahan played the role last year, and you would assume that he'd fill that mm. same role again this year. That and also, apparently, we are very, very close of getting marvellous Nakamba. So I mm. think that ah. the CDM role will eventually be filled. I think it's a case of days rather than going towards the end of the line on that. I just question Hurahan's physical capability in that role in the Premier League. I think when, when we're a ball-dominant side in the Championship, he didn't get exposed defensively. But I think in the Premier League, it okay. could be a different story. I think he's a top. He's a top player, but it's not his natural position. So I'd like to see a specialist come in there, and one additional striker. Again, because we we can't be resting on our laurels with with Wesley. If he get, if he gets a knock, we're <laughs> you know we're very very short in that position. As Crowder said, Mo Pai, yeah, he could come in, but the the question I have with him is, does he have that hold up like holding up ability? Which we require for our like dynamic midfield to push on. So naturally, uh, I would, I'd like to see. I, I can't put a name to that position, but I'd like to see someone who can hold up the ball well. Dare I say? Dare I say? Hashtag bring back Benteke. No, oh, throw him a lifeline. Some, that's gonna get controversial. Some I know. I know. <laughs> That might get some hate. I've already seen on Villa Twitter that there was hate for some people that suggested that last night because apparently there are two Premier League really? teams in for Benteke. 
They have not confirmed who, but there are two teams in for him. In terms of the requirements that Villa need, yeah, a strong person to hold up the ball like Tammy and a finisher. He's a good player. There's a good player in him. You know, he just needs to regain confidence. I think he's such a confidence yeah. player. Bring him back home to where he's comfortable, and I think we could really, really. There's a chance we could see the best of him. To round it off, I give it a B plus currently. I I think that we've done our business really smart. I think that almost every key position is filled, like you guys have said. I would like to see a keeper, a striker as well, and if you're telling me that Codge is also going, the striker or definitely needs to be filled. I maybe an extra one on the wing as well. Although if Green is going to be a a number four winger rather than a number three, then that's fine with me because how often do you use your fourth on the on a depth chart in a season? You know, not often, usually on a bench roll. So I'm not too worried about the wing position. Keeper, I, I, I'd, I'd like any. I'm, I'm <laughs> starting <possible>. to... Uh... <laughs> Guzan. I think we'll get Butland, personally. I think we're running down the clock. I think we're just putting out offers left and right to other keepers to try and prize Stoke out of their position. I think that at some point this week you'll suddenly see a flurry of tweets saying Butland close or something like that and everyone will be shocked, but they shouldn't be shocked because mm. I imagine this has been the plan all along and I reckon that Butland will end up in goal by yes. Leipzig. I saw a report on Twitter that Villa were considering Daniel Sturridge as 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 a backup striker. I've, I've seen a few of these. I've seen a few of these, and uh, I don't think that we're desperate enough. <laughs> I, I'm. It's one of those. It's like oh, the homecoming because you know, obviously, he was born in Birmingham. But to be honest with you, I don't think he, he's never going to be playing. The wages will be outrageous, and actually, you can do so much damage with the squad if you start having someone on hundred, you know, hundred hundred fifty thousand pounds. You know, you suddenly start getting your previous high earners sort of questioning why on earth he's there. So it's not like it's it's not a shot to nothing that some people are making it out to be. I think you can actually cause quite a lot of damage within the team. Yeah, I, can, I agree with that. Yeah, that that's definitely a fair point. And actually, I I reckon actually that Benteke would be savvy business if we get him at the right price. I I am actually in agreement with you on that. Under twenty million, decent signing, but anything over then uh, no way. True. Uh, it would have to be under the Wesley. Uh, under the amount that we paid for Wesley because yeah. I would want him to play in a Wesley role. Yeah. I think that's where a lot of clubs went wrong though as well, isn't it? Because when he was at Villa, everything was revolving around him. The wingers put the ball in for him. He took the penalties. And then he went to Liverpool. He wasn't taking the penalties, which obviously hurts your stats. It wasn't balls being whipped in, targets laid as well. So it's not really surprising to front to Liverpool. And then Palace don't play that way, way at all. So um, I think if you go for Benteke, he's got to be your out-and-out striker. You've almost got to set up to play around him. And if you don't, he's, he's a very confident player as well, isn't he? So to be honest, I think if the price is right, go for him. If not, leave it. Excellent way of wrapping it up, I think, there. Um, yes. Just going to quickly run through the rest. So uh, Villa pre-season... Been a pretty successful preseason, really, hasn't it, lads? So far, uh, four games, four wins, 
conceding two in the process and scoring nine, ten, thirteen. Nine different goal scorers for those thirteen goals. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like we're getting a proper footballing identity here, you know comfortable in possession moving forward quickly but with enough pace to get back and properly cover i know it's against lesser opposition but you know i'm actually excited about playing the bigger teams with this sort of philosopher i just think to be honest it's it's i know it's lesser opposition like you said but three four five years ago however we we, we were really sort of laboring past these sides anyway so to be beating them easily sort of like four one five one you know, it's fantastic. Some of the football yesterday is fantastic. I mean, Hotter looks really, really comfortable with the ball. Um, obviously, Greenish looks superb. I mean, he just looks um, an absolute, um, you know, real, real top quality. And I think he'll play for England before the end of the season as well. Um, but but I do think the attacking midfield is really, really good. And we didn't have Wesley yesterday as well. We've still been able to bring players into it. And don't forget Charlton in the Championship as well. True. So... You know, it's not like we're playing League 2 or League 1 sides. You know, they're a new championship side, fair enough. But to blow them out of the water like that, I thought was quite impressive. Yeah, and after we got promoted, me, amongst a lot of other Villa fans, were very, very concerned about the fact that so many players were leaving uh, back to their parent clubs. And we had a very, you know, a bare bones of a squad. You know, we were forced to recruit so many players. So it's encouraging to see that they've all bedded into the Smithball system. Smith quite ball. comfortably and they're showing yeah Smithball system coming to Netflix yeah and uh, <laughs> and you know that it, it works it's the system can blow people away obviously there's a, a few reservations the fact that when we go to, when we're playing in the Premier League we're not likely to be as ball dominant as we you know as uh, against the top sides and we actually haven't been tested defensively really in any of these games so it'd be interesting to see how we fare against better opposition with a more attacking threat. Yeah, I think that Leipzig next week will be a test of that. And and obviously there's a reason as to why we've been sort of building the building the opposition up as we go through. So, you know, Shrewsbury, then Walsall, then Charlton, and now to go up against Leipzig, you know, a top four Bundesliga side. I think that uh, that will be a a true test of what we can actually do and probably not be as dominant in possession either. But they do like to play counter-attacking football as well. So I think it will be, I think it'll be interesting from that point of view as well to have a team that would be counter-attacking against us, but with a lot more efficiency as well. So I think that our defense will be tested whilst trying to get forward themselves. Uh, just to wrap up the rest of the news, the away shirt has been announced since we were last on last on air. What are your thoughts on it? Uh, I think it's really, really good. Really, really nice. Obviously, I've seen a lot of people sort of just recommending that if you get a new, uh, just sort of upgrade a couple of sizes anyway, just to make it more of a comfortable fit. Capra effect. Yeah, exactly. But no, I think they look really, really nice. Um, I think both the home and away kit have, have done well. And yeah, no problems at all here. No problems at all. I really like it. Um, that's all you want. That's, I mean, all, that's all you want for really shirt, add, really, is it? Add any more? Yeah, I can't really add any more to what Crowder said there. You know, I think it's a solid seven out of ten away shirt, and uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's as good as well, last season's shirts. Uh, you know, last season shirt, but um, yeah, I like it, and no complaints really. Yeah, fair comments. And uh, last little piece as well. Uh, just gonna 
give uh, give dues to the Villa women in pre-season have beaten Stoke and Everton in the past week. Everton are a Super League side whilst we're a Championship side, so that was particularly impressive. We've also signed three players. One is an England under-21 striker, Natalie Hales, who actually began her career at Villa and is rejoining from Birmingham City, which I think makes her the third signing we've done from the Blues this season. And we've also signed defenders Charlotte Greengrass and Shania Hay after spells at Leicester City and Coventry United, respectively. It actually looks like that it's going to be a really good season for them. So, I mean, I'm definitely going to be trying to cover them a fair bit in these podcasts, probably get down to a few games as well. Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to watch them. This will be the first time I'm really invested in... Like after the World Cup, I'm, I feel like really invested in women's football now. Like I'd, I'd like to get to a few more games. I feel like it was a very, very good platform. Hmm. It's great to see positive recruits hopefully get Aston Villa to the top. Yeah, I'm liking the brand I'm liking the the push on the women brand this year. You know, riding the high of what the men have done and com- you know, the women actually did quite similar to the men last season. You know, they had a pretty turgid start and then in about February March time they kicked on and really turned their season around. And they ended up mid-table after being rooted to the bottom. So I think it goes back to what we were saying earlier, though, as well, doesn't it, about branding and marketing of the club. You know, if you've got, and that's a very business way of looking at it, but if you've got um, you know, a really good women's team and you're sort of known as this forward-thinking club, then I think that, you know, that helps your image as well. If, if you're sort of not really bothering with the women's football, you don't even have one, you, you can bring a lot of negative PR on yourself as well, I think. Yeah, good point. Right, let's get cracking with the feature then. So, I'm calling this Predictor Season. Something that I want us to do at least once a season, maybe twice. We might need to rerun it at Christmas if we are uh, way off track. Um, but, you know, just to get your gauge on what you think the uh, the season will be like. And we'll also throw in a few little extra predictions for Villa as well. Uh, but first of all, I've been asking Villa Twitter for the last week and a half as to different scenarios that I think that Villa are likely to either achieve or be around. And I've basically been asking over or under a statement. And I want you guys to also give your prediction as to whether or not we'll be over or under uh, these stats. So, Villa to finish in position 15.5 in the league. Do you reckon that they'll be above or below that? I think below. So you're you reckon they'll be sixteenth for I don't want to sound negative. Right, yeah. okay. I I don't want to sound negative, but I'm looking at the teams around who we should be looking to get points off next season. I'm looking at I'm looking at your Brightons, you know, you, you could Crystal Palace, uh Newcastle. Uh you know, you could sneak a victory against a top side here and there but I think it's going to be I think people might be underestimated how how difficult next season is going to be okay Dex so you've gone for the over there Tom what about you um, no I think Villa will um, what's, what's the question sorry? so Villa to finish in position 15.5 un- so basically above or below 15.5 
Yeah, that's what I thought it was. And you said Johnny from I bet Johnny was going below that. Yeah, yeah no, it's it's the way that it's phrased. So basically, oh, sorry, he's gone over the number fifteen point five, but it's. Oh, I see. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, I get below that only because um, I think Newcastle are not going to be. I'm think that Newcastle will do much. Um, I don't think Burnley um, will do much. I don't think Sheffield United are strengthened at all. Um, I heard sort of my idol in life, Adrian Durham, recommends them not even taking it seriously. And to be honest, um, <laughs> I, I have to start thinking they're not, they haven't signed anyone at all, and it just seems to be a bit of a, a fairy tale story, the fact that Billy Sharp's playing. So, um, yeah, I think Villa are better than the other two teams we've been promoted with. Obviously, I know we finished below them, but we've got a whole new team now. Happens And I just think there's fourth. Yeah, I think there's five or six teams that Villa are better than in that league. So I would go under that and say Villa will finish about 13th, 14th. Okay, I, I actually agree with you on that. And I think that you're about right in, with 13th, 14th. So I'm taking the under as well. Um, simply because I do think that we are the strongest of the three that's come up. And there are teams that scraped by last year that have had really bad off-seasons. Yeah. You know, you look at Newcastle. Look at all the all the stuff that's gone down with them. Brighton, they've not really pushed um, up. Brighton haven't signed anyone at all. No, um, and also Bournemouth seem to be they they, they were very streaky. I think they're going to run out of steam eventually in that league as well. So, yeah, yeah, Crystal Palace. Yeah, Crystal I, I Palace have become a selling club all of a sudden. Yeah, you know. Can I just jump in there and just throw these quest that uh, let's um, throw this question to you guys? Uh, do you think that? Given the fact that we've um, recruited so heavily, you have to bed them all in as all of the new squad members in in such a short space of time, that we are going to be better than Norwich coming up. Yeah, because they've got a settled side, right? They've got a settled side. They play a, like quite a like uh, they play in a quite a rigid system that we're all used to. I'm just wondering if you think that we we're likely to finish above that. Well, it's all come from a strategy, hasn't it? I mean, quite a lot of the players that have been brought in have either come through Villa anyway, so they're loan re-signs, they've come through Dean Smith's system in the first place, or they're playing in a system that... or they're playing in a position of which they know, like, the back of their hand anyway. So, for example, yeah, Douglas Louise has not played in a Dean Smith system, but in any case, you know, he's able to do his job well. He doesn't really need to, you know, he basically just needs to be told to push it out to, you know, the midfielders in front of him and the wingers, of which he'll know to do anyway. So that's not really going to be a problem. Hotter, for example, has played in in systems before. Wesley's just told to do what he does. You know, it, that you can tell that there is a system there and we've bedded them in early enough for it not to be a problem. And, you know, I think the pre-season has proved that. I think the pre-season has proved that you can see that there is a philosophy and a system in place. So, yeah, I don't think it will be a problem, personally. I don't know about you, Tom. Um, no, I agree with you. I don't think it's going to be... Um, I think we will finish up. They let a lot... From memory, they let in a lot of goals last season. Um, and I don't think they've really strengthened that much at all. Norwich were the kings of injury time last yeah. year. Yeah. I mean, they scored a lot of goals, but they also let in a lot of goals. And that might um, kill them. Yeah, I do think Villa, Villa will finish above Match. I do get you can have a good team, but, you know, team spirit, etc. But I think we need match winners, and I think Villa have got more match winners uh, than Norwich do. 
Yeah, and uh, Villa fan, Villa Twitter has also said under 15.5 as well, so that will finish above 15.5 on the table. 64% said the under there. Next one, Villa to win at nine and a half league games this season. As soon as I've backed them to stay up and finish their season, I think I'm going to have to go with yes. Yeah, you say you say that you can do it on seven or eight or nine actually. Nine yeah. last year was all you needed to get fourteenth, I think it was. I'm going to go above. above. I'm going to go above. Deeds this style of football. I don't think we're going to be drawing all the time, so I think we're going to be uh, looking for the win. I'm going to go above. You're going to go above, but think that we finish sixteenth or lower. Because I don't think we'll draw many. Okay. Because I I think that we team that we have. We basically have to go for it. I don't think we can rely on, a, on an incredibly tight defence. So you reckon we'll win 10 games, but probably draw about 8 and be in a scrap? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I, I, think, I think we'll do enough to stay up, but I don't think it's going to be as comfortable as what people think. I don't, I don't want to sound pessimistic. I just think there's been so no, much right. stitch in in such a short space of time. I, I get it. Debut contributor, got to shoot from the hip. <laughs> Dean Smith historically has never had solid defenses, so uh, that's that's it's just based on historical evidence. Some say that Tyrone Mings has just bought a ticket to Taiwan. <laughs> He's knocking on your door. He wants to know what you've been saying about him behind his back. <laughs> okay. Now okay. I'm I'm going to say over as well, but it's going to be close. I reckon we get ten wins. I reckon ten or eleven wins. It's going to be close. But I reckon that we will still draw quite a few. I, yeah. I think that you know we'll do enough to grab a goal against some of the teams that you don't expect us to. And we'll only concede one in reply or something like that. So I reckon that we'll end up with probably something along the lines of about... Heart, heart wants to say about 44, 45 points. And I reckon that because it's going to be such a competitive league next year, 45 will actually seem like a pretty big number. Mm. Yeah, and also uh, Villa Twitter took the over as well. Ninety-one percent saying over there, which I thought was actually wow. quite. Yeah, I mean Villa Twitter's optimistic at the best of times, but that's that's something else. <laughs> Next one's a player-specific yeah. one. It's the only one I've got on here. Wesley to score thirteen and a half league goals this season. Wow. Um, well, he's going to have to, I think. Um, so, so, so I'm back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If he doesn't, we've, we've uh, got problems. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with yes on that one. Okay, you're taking the over. Um, okay. Absolutely. I'd say, I'd say over purely because I think we're going to be delivering so many balls into the box. Uh, we're playing from wide a lot. and ho- But I don't think too many, like, too many more. Right. I'm going to. So, uh, I'm going to take the under. I'm gonna I'm really? gonna say he scores exactly thirteen. So uh, where do you think our goal contribution is gonna come? Well, from? I mean, if you look at preseason, we had nine different goal yeah. scorers, you know. And mm. as a little preview for my bold prediction, you know, Wesley is not only a goal scorer, but he seems like an assists machine. I he involves players around him. I actually think that Wesley's contribution is going to be more in what he does in terms of his distribution than it is actually with his shooting. I think he'll play as a, yeah. a as a number nine in that sort of role rather than a number ten. Mm. Uh, and also, Villa Twitter took the under. 
they actually went the pos- the pessimistic route and took the under sixty one percent. Wow, that surprises but thirteen me. and a half is. I mean, I've tried to do each of these so that they were difficult. You know, thirteen and a half. It's me playing. It's me playing as a lone striker. As yeah. Well. So. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, there's yeah. got to be something there. Um, next one: Villa to record eight and a half clean sheets in the league this season. Now you have to be a bit savvy here because you got to think about your keeper as well. Who's going to be in? Oh, I'm going to say no on that one. Not yeah, under that one. So you reckon because of a more attacking style of play? Yeah, and I think so. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that we're basically going to go hell for that in most games, uh, and just try and outscore teams. I don't think we we've got it in us to like sit tight for ninety minutes. So uh, yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to say. Um, Right, I'm going to go all out for glory here. I'm going to say over. I'm going to say we get nine or ten. <laughs> because at the end of the season, I want to be able to look back at all these and know that I went against the tide and won. Um, I mean, because I think there will be think games. About... I think there will be games where we will be a bit more defensive. We've basically got five defenders, if you include Douglas Louise as a really deep centre mid. My logic behind it is top eight bang the goals generally in the Premier League. You play them twice over a season. Mm-hmm. So that's 16 out of 40 games. Or 30 yeah, games, okay. So 22 more games. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then you say, I, I don't see us. Um, I don't see us holding clean sheets when we're going to be attacking. You don't other see teams. us getting one nils against Newcastle and Norwich and all them. I see us. I see us. Newcastle could be like a 3 1. I, I don't see. I don't see. I just don't see us. Uh, I think if we go one nil up, we're never going to sit back in the prem. It's just not Dean Smith. So uh, yeah, that's. I don't know. It's just my inclination. Well, that's sure. that's yeah. what this is all about, mate. Just predict the season. Yeah. Uh, Villa Twitter took the over, sixty-one percent again. What? Yeah. I can't believe that. I Op- honestly can't believe bunch. that. And then one of which uh, I, I threw in there. Mostly just to get your thoughts on how you think we'll actually what what you think our thought process will be in the cups. Uh, Villa to achieve uh, round four point five in either cup. Mm. So that's league cup. We would have to win three games, and the FA Cup we'd have to win two. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I think so. Yeah, over, but not too. Uh, too much oh, further. Wow. You know? See, I, I took the under. I took the under on that. I think that we're just going to play a uh, a second eleven for them. I think that the goal is going to be uh, staying up at all costs and just fobbing off the cups. It depends who you're playing, isn't it? Like that, that's a massive factor. If you're playing like League Two team, your second your second string side could be. Bad yeah, I, I think. I think that that in the League Cup, I mean, to get to round four, I mean, you've already taken two, two opponents out by that point. So your round four match could be against quite a high team, to which I'm just wondering whether or not it's worth it. In the FA Cup, if you get two lucky draws and maybe you play League Two twice, but knowing our luck, we'll get Manchester United in round three. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. Either that or a uh, really yeah, spirited Peterborough side. Kind of a difficult one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Vin- uh, 
Difficult one to predict. I can. Yeah, Villa yeah. Twitter took the over, fifty-seven uh, percent. So that was uh, yeah. that was actually the closest of the bunch. So just going to quickly go through what you think that the Premier League is going to look like next season. Then we've talked a little bit about it already. But who do you think your top four is going to be? City, again, Liverpool, Tottenham, Arsenal. All right, Ooh, Arsenal in the top four. Just a justification for this. I think, well, Chelsea have got the transfer embargo and I think their squad squad is ageing and generally just not up to it over the course of a season. Manchester United, uh, they may recruit, but I think Solskjaer is an inexperienced manager and Arsenal have just recruited some absolute world beaters of players. If they manage to get one centre-back in, they should they should have had it last season, mm. really, if they scored, like, you know, if they'd won one extra yeah. game. So, you know, you've added all of that additional firepower. They're probably sneaking into the top four this season. Yeah, fair play. So, yeah, that's that, that's that's my lo- lo- logic, logic Tom, your top four? Right, I'm going to get ridiculed here. Yeah. Man City, one. Yeah. Liverpool, two. Tottenham, three. And I'm an eternal optimist that something other than the top six. I'm going to say four Leicester. Oh, <laughs> Christ. You're going to have to state yeah. your case there. I just think, really good manager, they've got some good players in. I think if they keep Harry Maguire as well, um, I think they'll do really well. And I think they can do it. They've won the league before. I know that was three years ago. But I just think, I, I, I look at the other teams, I don't think Arsenal are that strong. I don't think Man United are that strong. Chelsea haven't been able to sign anyone as well. Um, so I, I think they're going to drop a lot of points. And I think someone like a Leicester might sneak in. Just throw you a question here. Where do you reckon Everton will... Yeah, see, Everton, I think Everton will be, they're not as settled, so I think Everton will be in and around that pack as well. Yeah, they, they look strong this season. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, my top four, so I reckon that Man City, again, I, I think that they're just too, they, they always seem to have a squad that has just that bit more uh, than anybody else uh liverpool i actually mm. think will finish third this season i'm going to put tottenham in at two liverpool in at three wow and then oh. arsenal in at four i am actually going to say arsenal I, I did originally have chelsea there but after your point there i do think that arsenal have a much a much better case for it chelsea with no hazard toothless but i like their spine though i i like i i i do like how they look even without hazard and i think that their youth will hold them in good stead throughout the season simply because of the fact that they're just gonna have too many games otherwise reason as to why i've put liverpool in third don't know if you guys have seen but they've got a terrible christmas they have an absolute yeah. They've got a terrible I Christmas bet. that includes cups, um, the World Club Cup, all sorts. They've they're in some. They could be in something as big as four competitions in December, and Christmas is vital for yeah. a title chase. And I reckon that that's where the wheels will start yeah. to come off. Um, mm. Yeah. Mm. Oh. You can get Leicester sixteen to one to finish top four, but my question is. What do you reckon Villa are to finish in the top four? <laughs> <laughs> what odds do you reckon? Uh, something like 250? No, 
about 500 to 1? 150 to 1. No, seriously. No way. Yeah. I think that's because seriously. of the Leicester factor. Yeah. yeah. It definitely is. You mean you can get uh, Burnley at 250 to 1. Yeah, well. that's, I find that, that bizarre, that's because of Leicester. Pure and simple. That that's that was just such that was such a you know anomalous like anomalous circumstance. Yeah, but also yeah, but in the top four you've had Everton not in recent memory, but also Southampton two seasons is it two three seasons ago they only finished about one point outside the top four as well. So I think the cookies just sort of err on the side of caution as well. Yeah, right. Mm. Quick one, lads. Relegation. Who are you free for relegation? Sheffield, going to go out there and say it, Newcastle, even if they've got this new striker in. Yeah. Uh, Sheffield, Newcastle, and my third will be Brighton. Ooh, so Norwich stay up. I think Norwich stay up. They've got a good manager, really good system in place. I think they do it. They've got young talent as well, who are going to be hungry for it. So I think, yeah. Fair enough. I think enough. The, the atmosphere around Newcastle is just so bad. Like, I just don't... It just can't be sustainable, right? But by the same token, they always seem to find a way. You know, yeah, Newcastle is constantly in a state but of turmoil. This time off. they've got Bruce, mate. <laughs> this time they've got Bruce. It's not Rafa anymore. Mm. <laughs> He's a dinosaur. I'm going Sheffield United, because uh, they've not signed anyone. Uh, Norwich, and I'm going to go Brighton as well. Yeah, in fact, I don't even think uh, explanations required there. I've gone for the same three. I reckon Newcastle will do just enough. Uh, I think that they've got literally just enough to do it. Um, Brighton were lucky to stay up last year. I don't think they brought in any one of re- any real notes actually, and they were so lucky to stay up last season. So I think that that's why they're, they're good candidates to go down. Uh, Norwich and Sheffield United, I don't think they've brought in the right players, or I don't think that on a given week they'd be able to do the business. So I think that over the course of a season they'll lose too much behind other teams and go down. Right, last little bit of predictor season. I want a bold prediction regarding the Villa and a bold prediction regarding the Prem. So one of each, and if you're challenging them, then you can propose a wager if you wish, whether it be a pint, whether it be a meal. Okay, okay. Trying to uh, <laughs> try and spice it up a little bit. Okay, okay. Hmm. Uh, actually, let's go with yours first. All right, so mine, mine is that Wesley will assist more goals than he scores this season. I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't say that's too far-fetched, no. I think it is because of the fact that he's our he's our main striker. He's our main striker in a system with one striker. Mm. You know, okay. I feel I feel yeah, like he is a. I, and when you consider the players around him as well, and the crosses are going to be getting in, I think it is quite a bold prediction in that sense. But I reckon he'll end up getting something like something like fifteen assists and thirteen goals. Yeah, uh, and that would yeah. probably actually make him the top assistman of the season for Villa. Yeah. Now that really is bold, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, 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 actually, okay, I understand, I understand, I can see where you're coming from. Does anyone want to... How about challenge? for the Prem, though? Ah, uh, for the Prem. Uh, my prediction is that Manchester United will not even get a European place. Of any note, I don't think they'll get Champions League or Europa League next season. Yeah, I, I, I was going to go for that. 
Ah, that's no, no, it's fine. You can have the same prediction if you wish. Yeah. And there's nothing stopping that, I suppose. Just means yeah. that there's a good bit of agreement there. Yeah. So in that case, what's your villa? Uh, does anyone want to challenge me on those two? By the way. Mm, no. <laughs> see what Crowder comes out with. Crowder's gonna come out with a jackhammer. <laughs> well, I tell you what. Let's uh, let's hear your villa one first, Johnny, and then we'll save uh, Tom's for dessert. Okay. I um I think this is quite abstract. So hear me out. I fear that we're gonna have a shock injury. Bring someone in on loan. And they just be bizarrely successful. I don't know who that comes in the form of, but this always these sort of weird events always seem to happen to Villa. So, by extension, I don't think it's ridiculous to believe. No, I, I can see what you mean. It's just very difficult to challenge that, considering the you know to to challenge it is almost to jinx the situation. <laughs> it's horrible, isn't it? Sorry. Yeah. So you can, maybe you can challenge. Okay, you can challenge my Prem one. Oh, you are going to change your Prem prediction? Yes. Okay. I think Southampton could be the surprise package of the season. Mainly because I think that their manager is quality. Uh, Ralph Harsenhuttle, is it? Yeah, Ralph Harsenhuttle. Uh, I think that he is punching above his weight uh, massively with the squad that he's having. He's made some smart additions, and they should be. They shouldn't be finishing above ninth, but I think they might do it. I think they might do it. No, that's that's fair. I, I wouldn't challenge that to be honest. It's 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 believable. I actually thought these would be bolder, no. but uh, no, that's that's fair. Uh, although, sorry, mate. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I guess it is quite bold because of where they were last season. But I think that they are yeah. developing a spine. I think you're right, Tom. What about yours? Um, I'm going for the well, Premier League that they're still finishing in the top four. I think that's bold enough. And then I don't think it's that bold, but I think British will be uh, playing for England. And I think it'll be more than once as well. I think it'll be two, three, four caps in that point in the season. Wow. Over, over Delhi Alley? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Mm. And over Jordan Sancho? Uh, yeah, but Jordan Sancho they... plays in the wing, doesn't he? No, I think British okay. is more down the middle, so... Yeah, I think, so. I think so. So you reckon he starts? As this is a bold <laughs> prediction, yes. Yeah. <laughs> right, if you're saying that he starts, and this would be in the Euros, and if you're saying he starts, yeah. I will wager you a beer for that. I'll Fine. wager you... I'll just wager one game, you, though. Uh, just one game. Uh, I'll wager you a meal at Gosta Green. Yeah, fine. Fine. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Glorious. Okay, that's good. And what? And uh, what's your prem prediction? Well, the prem is Leicester to finish in the top. Leicester finish in the top four, of which I will wager you a full-on Indian. Fine. <laughs> well, you be bankrupt after this, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I don't see it happening at all. No, but I. I don't either. I'm just saying for a bold prediction, I would give it a 30% chance of happening. So I don't know if I want to take on a full Indian for that. Can we do this section again? Can we do this section again? We'll do, we'll do, we'll do like it at a... Christmas. We'll, we'll, we will have to re... Right, so uh, on, on that note, guys, I think that we're going to have to uh, wrap this up. We'll do a show before Tottenham. Uh, hopefully, uh, Johnny will be 
back with us rather than lurking in the shadows. And from that, we'll work out how often we'll do podcasts for the season. We might not be able to do one weekly, I'm unsure, but uh, we'll try and do one as regularly as we can. Uh, Tom, Johnny, thanks very much for joining me this week. Uh, guys, I hope you all enjoyed it. If you did, please uh, follow and subscribe on whatever it is that you're listening to us from. Give us a follow on Twitter as well. We mostly talk on there. And uh, thanks very much, guys, and goodbye. <laughs>